Hello, everyone. It's Weekly Manga Recap time here on June the 3rd of 2022. It's me, Nick, and it's you, Quinn, and it's you, the audience, the listener, the Should have said like a random name and scare people. And like, it's It's me, Nick, and you, Quinn, and you, Jason. That's a, that's a pretty common name. J- Jason Schermeister. Oh, God. <laughs> we know what you did with that truck. You're going to jail. <laughs> Jesus. And then they crash uh, yes, off, they peer off into the side of the road. And guess what? We just caught a criminal. Or it, it turns out that uh, we're actually the new means uh, by which people get those uh, bogus calls like, you know, the, the like the, the bogus scam calls. There's like you owe the IRS money and you're going to be arrested, which is like, yeah, that's how that works. But instead, it's us telling us if you're listening to us, you owe the United States money. Yes, even if you live in Germany instead. I was going to say, the only way to get around this is to give Weekly Manga Recap your credit cards. We might get in trouble if we do that. (laughs) Just, you know, (laughs) theoretically. But only if you feel like it. (laughs) All right. Well, um, so... You might have noticed if you're listening to this live or if you didn't see the podcast pop up on your feed or something like that. Oh, we're recording this a little late this week. Uh, that is Spectrum Internet's fault. I did not have Internet access when we would have normally done the show on Wednesday. Uh, it came back about an hour after we would have started the show. And by then it's like, look, I got to I got to go to work tomorrow. We can't we can't stick around for this. <laughs> Nick, you don't want to start growing a podcast at 9 p.m. Get done around 11, 11.05 sometime in that general area. Oh, man, to be to be 22 again. Uh... <laughs> it's weird because I think that and then sometimes people show me like the old episodes back then. And it's like they were almost that long. And then we talk about like six series. <laughs> yeah. Like how how did it go on that long? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we're just like this is good. Good next one. <laughs> <laughs> is that what we do now? Have we just defaulted to like Akane Minashi was sweet. Let's move on. We have to, who has time for anything? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, and I guess that's probably it. Is that uh, there was that we knew we only had six to talk about, and so it was like, let's milk this every single page. We'll have a we'll have a an in depth discussion that will have seven tangents in it. Yeah. <laughs> we never go on tangents nowadays. That's like an old, no. That's like an old W more bit. Today, that's we, right. We keep pretty pretty strict on 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 tracks. That's right. That was a that was a way of the past. It's become outdated now. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's passe. Mm-hmm. So what did you think of that about that whole uh, that 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 thing about MJF and the promo that everyone talked about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. Neither do I. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we do have a lot of money to talk about, however, because as a result of us kind of having to push the episode back, hey, another series came out with a chapter, so we've got, we're going to talk about that, too. So we've got a full plate laid out for us, and uh, I don't have anywhere to go tomorrow this time, so maybe we'll get a little bit more in 
But if I do have somewhere to go tomorrow, we will not be doing anything wacky. All right. Well, okay. (laughs) Let's just let's get to our very gray and objective review of manga. My Hero Academia. It's chapter number. Oh, hype up. You know this chapter you're so excited to talk about. Well, with the, with the chapter title, like, Oopsie Daisy! <laughs> like, how can you not get excited for that? Oopsie Daisy! I let one of the side characters accidentally get through. What? What are you talking about? There's no side characters to speak of in this. Only main important best characters. All right, so. Everyone in Class 1A is a protagonist. Even Absolutely. Sugar Guy thing. <laughs> hey, Sato shows up in like every anime opening. How can he not be a main character? If, if you're in the anime opening, how be bad character, huh? If you're in the anime opening, how be bad character, huh? <laughs> Look, I love My Hero Academia. I love like every anime opening in one form or another. They really overemphasize Class One A. Okay. <laughs> Look, Hagakure is forefront. Does she do anything in this arc? No. But look, there she is. She's in front of everyone and she's invisible and you can see everyone through her. It's a very cool framing device. She does nothing for these 13 episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We get a little bit of a flashback here to kind of set the stage for, hey, Endeavor is trying to fight all for one. The new top number one hero is trying to take on the main villain. Uh, alongside his good buddy Hawks, who is still the number two hero. Yeah. And they basically just, they just bring up, hey, you know how All for One's got that giant, obvious life support mask? If we target that and destroy it, he can't function without it. Which is like, okay, I, 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 we never knew that with 100% certainty, I don't think. But it did definitely seem like it was, in fact, a thing keeping him alive which is a little bit weird because he has like 20 bajillion quirks you'd think one of them would give him the power to not you know have shit lungs or whatever it is that it, it, it does to well, him he can't he can't i know he can get rid of quirks i was gonna say maybe he absorbed some shitty quirk accidentally like he sneezed and like grabbed a guy's shoulder <laughs> and he's like oh i inhaled your shitty lung fucking quirk or whatever <laughs> this sucks Ironically, the cure for it is smoking. <laughs> Look at our wacky world. Uh, children, please don't. <laughs> and then he and then he tries to do his life. Oh, they just made it worse. Yeah, I, I was lying. Yeah. I mean, why would you think that would help? That's like, ridiculous. What is this upside down world? No. All for one. Smoking kills. And then he turns to the camera. Kids, we've had a lot of fun today. <laughs> but we really need to... <laughs> he emphasizes that smoking Look. is very bad for your health. And although it looks very... <laughs> very cool <laughs> like in the back you hear a direct like cut cut no we told you to not say that and even though everyone will want to bang you <laughs> even though every lady thinks a guy who smokes is very cool uh but no smoking being good being good for you no that's the most ridiculous thing ever anyway this guy can grow extra limbs if, if he wants to <laughs> So uh, we get a little bit of the discussion, you know, regarding that. And they're like, okay, that's our target. And hey, it's going to be Hawks and Endeavor going for this. And they're keeping this very deliberately to a small team because 
they think this is the best chance of success. If there's a big crowd going after all for one, it's not actually going to be helpful. Like everyone else is just going to get overwhelmed by his ridiculous number of quirks and powers, and they'll just get each other's way. Fair enough. Uh, but Hawks and Never have experience working together by this point. We've seen them fight together. Uh, and so, yeah, that's that's what we're getting. Uh, so they start fighting. Uh, there are explosions, uh, arcs of energy, feathers. Uh, All for One says that their tactics are very obvious. And we get a brief little glimpse of, oh, yeah, there was that one time when Hawks and All for One clashed and stuff. And uh, But... All for one also is taunting Hawks when he says this because he points out you you used to be so fast, but ever since you lost all those feathers, you're not as fast as you used to be. You're no longer in your prime, despite Recovery Girl's best efforts, and you need prosthetic feathers to aid the few ones that you have to even approach your speed from before. And Hawks is like, all right, well. You're a cripple too. Fuck you. So, <laughs> all right. Um. So that that is established, uh, and then more fighting happens. Uh, there is a big clash between Endeavor and All for One that goes blam, 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 blam. Okay. And there's a weird little it because Endeavor is just raining down these f- flaming fist blows and All for One says the intense heat passes right through my hard flame fan I can't reflect it with impact recoil and it's like alright you're just naming things okay he just likes to name drop things he's like so the other day I was at the grocery store and I used Quake Abomination because there was a couple things at the top shelf I wanted to reach. You guys all know what I'm talking about, right? Anyways, my rodeo drive was acting up as it does. And who should I see but Margaret? And I don't think her thrumbum strawberry was even working. What a fucking, what a dork. It was like, huh? huh? They're like, you're just saying words. You see through me? No. Endeavor hit hard. Me shield no work. Got it. Okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, all for one keeps on taunting them saying, oh, your timing doesn't match up. All right. Whatever. Uh, he's just saying things and he's like, oh, you're not. The novices are just focused on the ballot hand. So why does it feel like your head is somewhere else, Endeavor? Maybe because your masterpiece mopped up your failed experiment. Aren't you delighted? And Hawk just shouts out, he's provoking you. <laughs> Don't listen to him. Yeah. Which it's like, I, I do appreciate that it's clear. Like, all for one's kind of got a one note game. <laughs> it kind of functions one way. Like I'm going to mind manipulate you until I could just blow you up with a thousand quirks. Uh, and someone else is there to recognize it. But like, please don't fall for it. Please don't. You'll look so stupid if you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, dude, I have an action figure of you. Please don't fall for it. <laughs> All for One says, For ages now, I've had my eye on your twisted longing for power endeavor. And the thing about me is, when I come across fertile ground, I can't help but sow seeds. 
You never did find Toya's body, did you? No, because I mean, I mean, they know that because Toya was alive. Yeah. So why? But Endeavor looks shocked about this. It's like, well, no, obviously not, because Toya is alive. What? Why? What? What? Yeah, this part I was a little confused by. So, but Hawks is, you know, observing from the side, from the side, and he's like, oh, my God, he still had such a nasty card to play. Uh, and he contrasts his situation with Endeavor's, which is, you know, Endeavor is trying to atone for his past. He can't make a clean break from his troubled past the way that Hawks did, which was by like, well, my parents were very troublesome, so I'll just you know step away from that right now. He could not have fought and beat Dobby. That's why I got to be here to support him. And it's like, I understand that Endeavor is very troubled still by what's going on. And I do like that that is actually preventing him from fighting at full capacity. It's nice to know that all the shit that has happened to him has had consequences Uh for him. But it is just a weird moment to be the big gotcha or the the catalyst for these moments. People are saying it's because until this point, we didn't know All for One had a hand in Dobby's turn and everything like that. That he he, he was there. It's it's one of those things I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. We do know that because we had the reveal of... The audience Toy's power. Yes, the audience does. But the way that he says this, it's like, okay... I mean, maybe if instead he had said, haven't you ever wondered why you were never able to find Toya's body or something like that? You know, maybe just a more obvious wording for him saying like, hey, I did that thing. Yeah, because the way he's saying it's like, well, no, obviously, because Toya's over there. So (laughs) anyway, so Hawks keeps on trying to bring Endeavor's focus to uh, in and says, hey, come on, your your job is to take down all for one, keep a cool head, and Endeavor's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get really bad! Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna mess everything up! And the follow-through immediately is all for one growing um, a thing on his hand. Uh, there's bones and a mouth? I don't know. Sticking out as he slashes through Endeavor in the side and goes oopsie daisy because he is the world's greatest and most horrible villain. So (laughs) it is one of those things if I keep oopsie daisy. (laughs) Oh, there's a certain villain who could make that work. I don't know if all for one is one of those villains (laughs) where that line reading comes off as intimidating and not like what? Is this how you talk? I could see, I could see Toga doing something like that, but yeah. it, all for one, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hawks tries to help out, but all for one turns his attention to him and says, "Now, can you dodge at this range, Nagant's replacement?" And Hawks immediately is like, "No, I can't." But maybe Endeavor can use Prominence Burn if I keep him alive here. But before he, he can even finish that thought, I turn the page, and the best thing ever happens. <laughs> Where did this come from? <laughs> I was very excited when I saw this because I was like, 
Nick's happy reading this. I know he is. So, <laughs> so Hawks's good buddy Tokoyami and the best character show up. <laughs> I don't know why this combination came to help out. I know why Tokoyami's there. Why is Jiro also there? I don't know. Maybe it's because it's all for one they're fighting and only Jiro can be of help in this kind of situation. Fucking Tokuyami, number four hero in, in the in class 1A. Fuck that. No. <laughs> Jiro, number Shit. one character in the heart of every Nick in the country. Every Nick who has a podcast about manga. <laughs> Shit, what's Happy Nick up to? <laughs> did, did we just lump him in? <laughs> uh... So Tokuyami flies in. Jiro is um, mounted on him. I'm, I know that that does. <laughs> Look. She's riding him. She's, she's she riding is. him. She, she, and she's like holding his As cloak in one hand in a way that so it's it's she is almost literally riding him like a horse, basically. Yes. Um, and she uses her earphone ability to create a wall of sound of some sort that blocks uh, All For One's attack. And everyone's like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> I love in particular that there's like a reaction panel from All For One. And I know that like, I, I know it's kind of imprinted in the mask. The But like when you catch it certain angles, it's more obvious that it's like a skull face on it. And I do just like that. Like it's this skull face with like a frown. Like, hmm. Like it's real pouty. Like, what are you doing? I was going to kill the heroes. <laughs> you ruined everything. <laughs> so, uh, we, after, immediately after that really cool moment, we get a little bit of banter between Jiro and Tokuyami to establish like, oh yeah, this is a very awkward thing. <laughs> like, I don't know if we've seen Tokuyami fly anyone really in a way like this before because he's just doing like the Superman pose with his arms out while she has to actually do all of the holding on and everything. Uh, Tokoyami ends up saying that her butt being on his back is embarrassing him, which is like, all right, calm down, dude. You're in a very, <laughs> very tight <laughs> Now's situation. Now's not the time. Um, and uh, so Hawks calls out to them saying like, you guys are going to die. Get out of here. But Tokiyami says like, hey, I know I'm not a very good substitute for Endeavor, but you and I are also capable of teamwork. And then all for one tries to save face as if he didn't just get his ass handed to him by saying, oh, the old comic I used to read. There were Jabba characters who only existed so the demon lord could show what he was made of. Like, all right. <laughs> Nick, are you going to let him call your favorite character a jobber? I don't know why he's talking down to himself like that. I mean, Jiro's way better than him, but he's not a jobber. Yeah, you're not a jobber all for one. You're okay, buddy. <laughs> Just because, you know, you, you came into this fight already in the ring with no entrance yeah. doesn't mean you're a jobber. You have a chance. Like, you're going to get some offense in, maybe. So, this could turn it all around. Yeah. Uh, Jiro says in response like hey why don't you don't save calling us jobbers until after you've actually beaten us and she's got her cool uh speakers on her earbuds going on so so yeah um i know for about three quarters of this chapter i was always like all right but no 
best chapter best chapter <laughs> best chapter of the week best chapter of the week i don't know if we covers it <laughs> and again i should i should clear i think that we need to all remember that yes all for one seemingly has modeled his life after this comic book that he read and did not finish so <laughs> he's like one day i'll get around to it i'm sure it all works out for the bad guy it tends to all right let's move on to undead unluck number 112 room 25 so uh did you get it i don't know i don't see it nick, nick snatched a bug in midair but i tried to it's weird because you'll see it and it, it, it seems like you're that karate kid scene where you're just like grabbing the fucking bug yeah uh, so Seal and Ruin are flying through that last level in Star Fox 64, just one lit, one long tube, basically, uh, to the bad guy and they get to an unbreakable door. And I got really scared because they're like, well, the only way to get through this is to kill the unbreakable. And I was like, I don't like that. And then Tatiana showed up and says, you're the bad person who stabbed Fuko. Both of you are dying right here. And I was really not happy because I'm like, please don't. I know everyone's going to come back okay, but please don't kill Tatiana. Don't stop, kill every, stop killing everyone. <laughs> well, we just had to start getting ready for this stuff to happen because it's it's what's happening for a little bit. Andy's riding in on his motorcycle and he just sees a bunch of dead bodies. He, he goes through and he's like, oh shit, this area is full of gas. It's deadly gas. Even a, a minute of this stuff is, is deadly. We see one of the uh, scientific officers is there and he's like, hey, you got to take Miko, who has a respirator on. And he's like, yeah, I had to knock her out because she refused the mask. Uh, and he's like, well, why did you only put one on? And he's like, it was destroyed. All of them were destroyed, basically. Nico probably did so in advance of all this. He left away for his daughter to survive. I don't know what's going on, but please, I owe that man everything. So Andy goes on, leaving behind this, this guy who's just like, I hope next time I can be a little wiser and then just fucking dies. So yep. that's nice knowing you, dude. Yeah. Or uh Andy shows up, just screams, Nico, where the hell are you? He gets a communication saying, I'm waiting in room 25 on level 8. And Andy just says, that room? Thankfully, we don't have to wait like too long to find out what that room right. is. Uh, because they get there. And hey, that room is where they keep all the bodies of union yep. members. Because yep. there's an avoid still hanging out up there, I think. And, uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, I want to call her Charlie. That's not it. It's not. Unchange. Yeah. Angela? That's closer, I think. Something. I'm not I can't remember. Anyways, Gina, that was it. Uh and it's just like, huh. So that's where uh old Nico's hanging out. And he's just like, what, are you being controlled by somebody? And it's just like Nico, who's just so fucking tired of life, it's just like, I don't know. Maybe we're all being controlled by the rules God has crafted. Andy's like, I ain't here to wax philosophical. And he goes like, oh, well, that's that's all I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Andy's like, why are you doing this? And he says, look, I don't do this for money or for fame. There's only two things that can sway my heart. My dream of slaying God and my wife. Well, I chose my wife. 
and Andy, you know, gets up ready for a fight, and you know, Miko just continues like, I could never forget the sadness of losing her. You see, I've tried every option in the book in order to see my wife again to erase a sorrow, and that's why I've kept myself alive all these years. And I don't plan on us ever understanding each other. After all, you just forget everything anyway. Uh, and then he activates his little secret orb technique and slices Andy up in a, a quillpoth sort of style. Not exactly, but a very similar way. And he just says, that applies to you too, doesn't it, undead? And that's where the uh, chapter ends with Andy bisected like 17 times. I guess it's not really bisected then, but... It's bisected multiple times over, maybe, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Decasected? <laughs> <laughs> so, I forget. Have we actually learned what Nico's title is yet? We, It's been theorized for a while. It's Unforget. I can't remember if we... I think we must have learned it during the um, Hana, uh, Hanafuda. Whatever the card game was with Spring. Because he, mm. he was a part of it. So I think, right. I, I don't remember if it was specifically mentioned there or not, but he, he it's been theorized it's been Unforget for a while based off a pun in the name. Yeah, so this seems to indicate as well that um, he actually remembers stuff through the loops, which would mm. be interesting and also give, you know, a different kind of, you know, motivation for someone as opposed to it's like, oh, we'll just go through another loop. And he's like, fuck that. That doesn't help me. <laughs> so, um, also, this is a really, really co uh, cool opening salvo that he does, which is just like, all right, you're parts now. Uh, <laughs> and he somehow is still glaring at him, even though his head is in about four pieces. Yeah, uh, there's something very vicious about his like fucking yeah. jaw hanging there. Mm. Uh. But his brain's been affected by this, too. So, huh. I wonder how that's going to affect it. So, <laughs> I'd be great if he just has the card spring-loaded now. Like, <laughs> Victor just up and beats shit up. Um, I, 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 I am looking forward to this. I like that we're going to handle this Nico stuff. I think what'll be really funny is like Andy is like grabbing Fuko and putting her into her room and Phil's there and he's just like, here's my backstory. Goodbye, Mr. Andy. <laughs> or they don't have time. So it's just a montage of them doing all the things to fix everything in that new future. And, like, and then we found out what was up with Phil and we saved him, I guess. Yeah. A uh, very quick chapter. Uh, considering that it's just like, no, we're moving. Like, we, and it, it, it feels like it's a chapter that should be fast paced because there's just this rush to get things done. And there's just one, you know, simple plot line of like, Nico betrayed us. And here are some of the effects of it. I do want to see what this, you know, untouchable column that Tatiana has made is going, is going to do. Um, but unfortunately I do get the sense that we're going to have a lot of cases of, we cut back to some member of Union and they're dead now. Yeah. Uh, which is like, yeah, I know we're going to get through it and hopefully everyone's just going to come back and be okay, but it's going to I don't want to start with the while. little girl. <laughs> That's not the one I want to start with seeing get murdered. <laughs> I don't want to start with any, like half of them are kids. <laughs> like, fuck, dude. Can't you start with like old ass fucking, uh, shit, that was actually a I was like, want well, to start with the old ass dude on the then. I was like, oh, wait, that was a shit. And who we found out is like a young person. <laughs> shit. Uh, uh, Nico, fuck. 
All right. Uh, what's... <laughs> just cuts to a panel of Phil and Pale to do a wall. He's like, I wrote my backstory in my blood splatter. <laughs> that way you'll know. <laughs> I was Pinocchio or something. <laughs> All right. What's next? We uh, have Kaiju number eight. Kaiju. Chapter. Right. Kaiju number eight. Move this stuff over. All right. It's Kaiju number eight. Chapter 63. Oh no, Reno has lost himself and he's in inner Reno is crying. But Iharu is here to help him and he breaks through his self-made mental prison and stuff, reaching out his hand to him. And he cut outside to the real world and Iharu is giving him a piggyback ride. <laughs> well, you know, Reno's limbs are fucked up because he pushed himself too hard. So someone's got to carry him around so he can do stuff. So... Uh, Reno starts to object, but Yara's just like, hey, listen, listen, the captain's given us extra time. The senior officer drawing the Hanju's attention for us. So you're going to beat the Hanju so you can officially use the number six suit, right? I'll get its core to a vulnerable state and you snipe the thing. And Reno starts to say, but you'd be putting yourself in danger. So. Something happens very quickly here, which is Iharu puts on the brakes and then immediately he turns and headbutts Reno, and I don't know exactly what all happened in between, but uh, he headbutts him. So, uh, and then he shouts at Reno, saying, "Hey, don't take me for a joke. You try to shoulder everything by yourself. I'm older than you, so shut up and let me handle this." That's right. Listen to your senpai. Yeah. So Reno is kind of shocked by this. And it kind of shocks him out of his funk because, you know, he thinks to himself, I can't believe Iharu. Whenever I find myself freaking out, he always helps me regain focus. And he doesn't say all of this. He just tell, says the Iharu, says to Iharu that he's amazing. Uh, but Reno's like, all right, let's do it. And uh, they split up to go and work on their plan. Iharu rushes back in while Reno stays behind in a sniping position because his legs don't work so good right now. So there you go. Uh, people observe that Ichikawa's psi wave patterns have returned to normal. He's managed to regain control of himself. But, of course, the problem is that his physical condition is all messed up. Uh, so... Everyone else is going to have to handle all of the movement part of this operation. Uh, but they're like, I don't know about this, though. Farashi's only at 24% unleashed combat power, so I don't know if he can do it. And then there's this big blast of energy that appears in the Honju and makes it cry out in pain. And everyone's like, wait a minute, that, that seems really strong for 24% combat potential. Uh, so the captain asked them to track Iharu's, uh, combat power and they're like, uh, it's only at 41%. Wait, now it's at 22%. Wait, now it's at 42%. And it's just jumping up and down very unstably as Iharu tries to draw the hunter's attention. He's rushing up its tail, dodging attacks and stuff. And, uh, so not in a now says his combat power spikes when he gets into the zone, which reminds me of, and the captain agrees and says, he might be the same type as me. Mm. Uh, but importantly, during the spikes in his combat, he's actually basically as strong as Reno, at least without the uh, number six weapon. 
so they indicate like if we taught him how to actually master that power, he could become a monster. Meanwhile, Ihara was thinking to himself, I was never a prodigy. He's like talking down on himself where everyone's like, oh, man, this guy's got incredible powers. Like, no, no. The role of a hero was never mine to take on. And he in that mental scape of everyone passing by him, he's now staring at Reno's back as well as all the other monsters that he's kind of been chasing after trying to catch up with. But he thinks to himself, I'm sure this path will lead me to the same old wall again. But even if it does, I'll hit that wall and hit it and keep on hitting it and break my hands because that's what walls do. But, you know, but he swears to himself, I'll make it there too. Just go on ahead and wait for me. And he's continuing to take on the Hanju uh, up until a point that people are like, okay, he's overheating. He's in real danger now. He's he's reached his limit. But he manages to blow open the previously frozen area on the Hanju's body and expose the core. And as Iharu falls back down, from having unleashed this attack, he shouts out to Reno to seal the deal, and Reno takes his big sniper shot and blows a giant-ass hole in the Hanju, which then explodes into an iceberg on the other side. And that is our chapter. Yeah, this is, I mean, like this is a really cool chapter. One, it gives something for Iharu. You can't just have another character who's like, hey, their combat power is really, really surprising. Instead, it's like, no, he seems to have this ability to like like mediate it really Mm -hmm. well and fluctuate exactly as he needs to which is pretty cool um and i i like that the commander's like wait he might be the same type as me he'd become a monster like that's i think like a very cool moment um and then it was also just the the cool bit of like reno shows off and wins and it's it's awesome how it's like all this work for yaru to open up and he's like all right, there's the shot. And then it just cuts over to Reno, who's like on a fucking cliffside and just fucking snipe nukes this thing. And it's like super cool to see. Um, I just think a very impressive teamwork between them. And it was, it ended up being a really satisfying little story. Yeah. What a great concept. Having a team up between two characters where both of them are, you know, made to look cool. (laughs) And that's just it. They win because they both have their own special talents that work well together. Yay. Yep. All right. We have a spy family chapter. If you want to talk about uh, it. Okay, I'll, I'll take us through I this really quickly. I choose to believe this chapter did not happen because Bond is sad and unhappy at the end of it. Oh. And I don't like that. He makes a friend, you know. But it's Frankie. That's like a oh, negative okay. friend. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's a chapter where uh, Frankie, you know, he's having to pet sit for Bond. Uh, and he's upset with Bond because he's like, why do I have to do this? Bond spots, you know, like there's that scene at the beginning of the 101 Dalmatians where Pongo like checks out all the different dogs and is like, oh, I don't know if I would bang that one, but I would bang that one. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like that kind of moment, except Bond sees this love struck at first sight. Frankie doesn't call Bond by his name. He calls him Warfels because, I don't know, he's not nice uh so uh but oh and and wouldn't you know it the dog belongs to an attractive young lady so frankie's like oh i know 
what if we try and double date this? And like the next time they go to the dog park, Frankie's wearing a suit and he's got flowers and stuff. He takes he takes Bond out to the park, runs into the same woman and her dog again. And it's like, ah, ha, ha. Bond goes to spend some time with the female dog. who's like, mm hmm. Well, Bond is. Oh, 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 oh. It is all, you know, just images to tell a story. It's it's honestly kind of cute at certain points. Um, but Bond's, you know, oh, big clumsy guy isn't things aren't working so well for him. Meanwhile, Frankie is just bombing really, really hard. And thankfully, we aren't showing following him as the primary point of focus during all of this because it's like, aha, I just happened to be carrying these flowers. Do you want them? And she's like, no, thank you. Oh, <laughs> um, and eventually Bond tries to like present the other dog with a caterpillar and that doesn't work. She swipes it away. Uh, and, um, yeah, things don't work out. Um, and, uh, Frankie got himself slapped because he, he just like is pathetic and that's it. And, uh, so things don't work out for Bond or Frankie. They bonded a little bit though, because they both, uh, struck out and that's the end of the chapter. Yay. Yeah. It's sort of like a chapter like. I guess it was the kind of chapter you want after the general heaviness of the last couple and things like that. Uh, but it is definitely like a whatever chapter. Maybe we'll get into more um, ridiculous com comedy shenanigans again in the near future. But I guess that is a nice way of kind of like, let's cleanse the palate with this just like very simple comedy setup. And then it's just like, let's just move on after that. So. Speaking of wacky comedy shenanigans, we have oh, a new no. chapter of Roll Trigger to talk about. <laughs> so this chapter came out yesterday, and I want to point out that, you know, this month we only get one chapter of World Trigger. In fact, this past two months, we only get one chapter of World Trigger because there was no chapter the month before. And what could be better than uh, more away mission tests? How about people talking about the away mission test? The best part. How about people talking about the away mission test, but more specifically, a character you don't give a shit about? <laughs> and you know why he's good at this? Because he used to play Shogi. <laughs> yeah. I, I like, there was a point where I got halfway through the chapter. I was like, God damn, we are really going to talk about Mizukami this the entire whole thing? fucking chapter. <laughs> you get like a two-page two thing at the end of Suya being like, hey, I think Osamu's going to help us come out with a breakout plan for this <laughs> this next strategy. And then until then, you were just like, hey, fuck, let's just talk about this Mizukami <sighs> thing, I guess. What an asshole, Chap right? Chapter 223, The Away Mission Test, Part 21! Ah! Uh, we get a few pages of them just talking about the idea that uh, you think that Mr. Gumby's just doing this, the, 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 the simulations on his own. Yeah. Well, how could he do that? Well, he was a professional. Uh, he went to a school for professional shogi players. Uh, what if we did the same thing? What if we had Katori play the battle sims entirely by herself? You know, she's not on Mizukami's level, but it would, you know, open up the rest of our team to work on the, the responses to stuff and have we could, you know, get the side benefits at least. OK, let's cut over to Kakizaki squad. Kagiura is having a talk with Taichi, who is glum 
because he's like, man, it really, really, really fucking sucked when I got picked dead last and I'm really hung up on it. Good. <laughs> uh, and he says that not only did it suck for him to get picked last personally, but it's like, I also just felt like I let down Susanari squad, which is like, all right. Okay. I, I know that that's just, it's like just a feeling like there's no actual logical reason that that connects, but whatever. But he says he wants to prove himself during this test. And uh, he's thankful for Kagura's, you know, presence there and stuff. Uh, and Kagura says that he's kind of pissed off. Like, who says you ain't good enough before you even try, basically? So I guess he's just kind of pissed off on his new teammate's behalf because no one, like, thought very much of him in the selection, which isn't necessarily true. Like, it's also just because of, like, the needs people had on their teams. Yeah. But whatever. Um, uh we get just a, like, okay, it's the end of day two. It's the start of day three now. And there is, like, a changing of the guard of the observers, I think, is what's happening here. Uh, no, it's, it's it's the same observers. They're just going through the various different discourse of the last day. Particularly all of the discourse about Mizukami. Like, hey, what's going on with this? Mm -hmm. You know, like all that sort of stuff. Because you can read all the comments are public. All so. of them, yeah. Oh, I guess it's just that they all went out and got food and stuff because of the start of a new day. Yeah. So they didn't have anything to do. It was like, all right, let's go get, let's go also sleep and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we get a lot of talk I about. Think, I think some of the A-rank people might not have been there every day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that they make comments about that because uh, some of them came are coming from a defense mission. Yeah. So uh, we get more talk about uh, about Mizukami uh, going on and like, like uh, what do you guys think about his strategy? What do you think about the way that he's handling it? Talking about it with his teammates and stuff. Uh, and thank God Konami is is involved in this in order to like spice things up a little bit because you know there's some dis there's like a forum thread that's going on in the in these point evaluations basically. And they're like, hey, Mizukami's plan isn't violating any of the rules. So every time that he's been asked specifically by management to share info with his squad, he's done it. And Konami's like, yeah, but the problem is that, like, he's, like, humiliating people in, on his team in public. He should have, like, called an aside in order to do this stuff. And then there's more coming back, like, yeah, but Mizukami's goal wasn't to actually convince her to see his side of things. It was to shut her up. So his approach was effective. And Konami's like, no, fuck him. More minus points. <laughs> I love that it exists that you could just keep responding to people and those points count. Like, you can keep adding and you can add more because someone's like, no, I think her his plan was just to fucking tell her to shut up. And like, that's worse and gave more bad points to it. I was like, that's this is a crazy scoring system. I, I, I do like to think that Konami's like, no, I really hate this. It just like spends a bunch of time hitting the minus button. They, they do it. seem to indicate later that like, I guess if you're an agent that just fucks around, they, they like border people yells at you. <laughs> but I really do like the idea that you, you can just keep doing this show you just keep responding like no negative three and like all right fuck face i still disagree we're gonna go negative six all right <laughs> tachikawa ends up responding to this thread 
by also giving minus points to Mizukami. And he, but his comment is proverbs are valuable, a wise guru. And so they're like, oh, wait, so wait, but is he is he taking a stance against Mizukami because he gave him minus points? But but what? And so Roman so, so just says to Tachikawa, like, you got to take this seriously. You're going to get in trouble with the director. And Tachikawa's like, all right, fine. <laughs> he just doesn't give a shit. Um, they, but they kind of talk about his logic for this anyway. Moving on to that. Um, what is this? I, I forget this character's name. The the one who is constantly who is eating this sandwich. Uh, oh, um, they say her name Mai, isn't it? It is Mai, right? Right. So she gives this very very intricate, uh, you know, analysis of like the whole Mizugami thing, uh, and brings to the point of like, hey, you know, I, I do feel bad for Teruya because they were kept in the dark and they were humiliated. But on the other hand, Yuiga is similarly humiliated all the time and nobody seems to care. And everyone's like, yeah, that's a good point. And Yuiga's like, wait, what? Nobody cares when I'm humiliated? Come on! It's like, yeah, oh, apparently not. Turns out everyone thinks you suck, dude. And they're like, yeah, but Yuiga's doing just fine. And he's like, no! No, it really hurts when you do this to me! Yeah, but you're an asshole. So. <laughs> yeah, you just got your position because of nepotism. So, yeah. <laughs> more talk about the Mizukami situation. More talk about it. More talk about it. They to to close on this part of it. They talk about like, do you think any other squads have caught on to this? And if they have, are they going to take up Mizukami's strategy? And basically, they're like, I don't know. Uh, we get. Uh, like the reveal that, oh, hey, for this day, there's going to be more units available for the simulations, more units you have to manipulate. And so they're like, oh, maybe that's why the points are increased as the battle simulations go on. You're going to have more units you have to manipulate. Um, and uh, Sua says, like, also, hey, uh, I think that this is what's going on. He just flat out brings it into the open for, with the rest of the squad. Uh, instead of like people just having kind of private talks about it. And so they say, okay, well, so maybe the reason that they're doing really well is they don't have to waste time in communication. Should we do the same thing so that we can get more points on universal assignments and stuff? Uh, Katori listens to all of this and it just kind of has like a honestly pretty muted response. And so they're like, hey, you don't seem really put off by this. And she says, yeah, I was expecting like a way worse scenario for like cheating going on. So I yeah. guess it's that crazy. So like, all right, fair enough. But uh, they talk about that and then Sua makes the decision that we're going to keep on doing the battle sims as normal, though, because it's going to be valuable for us to learn how to master it when the points are maximized. And he just for the last two pages, basically, he just says, we're going to find a way to exploit this and cheese out future battles so when it matters most we just do the cheapest spam moving bullshit i I love the idea that their plan is like we're gonna cheese the shit we're gonna find whatever frame thing like iframe doesn't fucking follow and we're just gonna combo spam we're gonna sit on the edge of the stage and we're just gonna hadouken you over and over again and if you don't know how to counter it sucks to suck buddy 
We're going to stun lock him. We're going to edge guard. We're going to use invincibility frames. Fuck it. We're just going to find the cheapest possible way to win. And that is what we're doing. We're not trying to actually do well right now. We're just going to make everyone hate us at the end of this. What I appreciate is that as I've grown older, this is also the way that I've come to play video games, which is like, all right, what's the most broken way I can play this stupid game? This isn't fun, so I might as well just... I, I got uh, Bravely Default 2, and like there's a whole job system to it and everything, and I was I was just looking up videos, and I saw one, and they're like, so this combo uses like two classes in the game, and there's one that like it has a passive that every time you kill a creature, it adds to your stats. So if you take like a really, really long time, you could just grind out your stats to maximum and just shit stomp the rest of the game, and I was like... That's what we're doing. Boys. Sounds good. <laughs> Who needs you to... had me. You had me had to get your stats to maximum really easily. <laughs> Who needs to play the game when I can just shit stop you with my broken beast masters? Uh, yeah. So a lot of this chapter is honestly taking a long time to emphasize a point that I don't think needs that much time dedicated to it. But the inevitable conclusion of so we're just saying is like, yeah, no. I don't care about that. Let's find a way to cheat. <laughs> it's not cheating. It's not cheating. It's You're not. cheating the game. The game developers may not have attended it, or maybe they did. You know? so. I also do like the way he connects it all together, which is Osamu does not have high stats, quote unquote, in real life. So he finds ways to cheese real battles. Yes. So I think that he'll be crucial for us being able to do this. It's like, all right. That's that's you know I, that makes perfect sense to me. I agree. If he's just like he's like, oh dude, spider triggers in this game are broken. Like the AP <laughs> scaling is all completely fucked up. <laughs> like you could just spam it, and if they walk into a hallway, they're ripped to shreds or something like that. <laughs> like sweet. Huh? Spiders just get to cast. Spiders take no moves to cause them. They generate an extra move. In fact, so I guess we'll just do that. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> like, wait a minute. He's this is broken as fuck. <laughs> I hope the answer is something like that. This there's, a, there's literally a move that just gives you extra moves. It's ridiculous. This is crazy. Every 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 action is a pot of green with this card. <laughs> I built a deck of nothing but pot of greens and then a one-shot card. Can't you only have three of any cards? Like, yeah, but not with this one. They didn't, they didn't code it right. You can put as many pot of greens in your deck as you want. It's not my fault. Uh, All right. I enjoyed the chapter, though. I thought it was fun. (laughs) It's one of of those things. You've either been beaten down to the point you're like, I accept. I may never see this actual way mission. (laughs) (laughs) We're here for the journey. This was a weird in-between chapter for me, where like a little part of me was reveling in the, this is so stupid that we're taking so much time on this. But a part of me was like, no, this is, I, I can't, I can't anymore. So I think that's the first time we've had one of those where I was like, no, no, I'm actually torn on this as opposed to I've reached my breaking point fully or no, I fully embrace this. It's part of me now. Let's keep going. It was a weird and awkward uh, uh, feeling reading it. Yeah. Let's right. speak of weird and awkward positions. Eden yeah. zero. <laughs> good. Tri- good segue. Uh, Eden zero. Chapter one ninety three. A good boy. Uh, cover page is Hermit doing the DJing, I think. 
So that yeah, I guess it is. There's, I didn't even realize that she, there's record things on her keyboard. Yeah, yeah, it's like a future DJ thing, like Sona. I think that that might because she's got like the horn thingies. So maybe it's actually like an actual reference to that. Huh? Maybe. So. Uh, <laughs> we cut over to where we were before. The Weiss's mom maybe is in that tank. So looks like the fight's done, except it's not. Weiss just punches him in the face. <laughs> and it's like, I'm not going to let you kill my mom. And uh, uh, Brain? No, Killer. That's his name. Uh, it's just like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill her. I'm totally going to do it. And he goes to smash it. Uh, Weiss is like, no. Uh, we get a flashback of Weiss as a kid. And his mom was like, oh, no, what happened to you? And he's like, nothing happened. And she's like, tell me. He's like, fine. Some jerk says you don't have a dad because he cheated on your mom and ran off. And we actually get a very sweet moment of Weiss's mom hugging him and saying, I'm so sorry. They all expect a family to have a mom and a dad. And they don't like this is what's normal for us. You're really so good. And I promise I'll make sure you never feel alone. I love you enough for both of us, basically. And I was like, it's a very sweet idea. Uh, family is not prototypical in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. It's a nice little sweet moment. Yeah, uh, and it's a, it's you know an echo of the very obvious you know theme running three and zero of like you know the crew is like a family, and it's nice that you know see an- another example of that. And they lost so. their mom, and I yeah. guess their dad is Moscoy. I don't really know. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> um, we cut back to the present. And Weiss has been shot up by the space laser cannons. And he just goes, Oi, Mom, is that really you? And that's enough. He's, he's down for the count, it seems like. Uh, Clown shows up and is just like, Ooh, you finished up. Me too. And he shows up a Rebecca, who I guess was just defeated by being sucked into that other dimension. Um, it's not really clear. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he's like, cool. I did my job. Uh, they're like, all right, let's just go to Hamor and grab her. And Clown's like, oh, our Briggy boy. He's the type to think there's meaning in battle itself. And they're like, yeah, he's kind of scary, too. Well, I'll just let them handle things uh, while we go off to accomplish our true purpose. We go over to Shiki's at the lab, and he's like, oh, I've been strapped in. I can't use my ether gear. Wait a minute. I can. <laughs> and he escapes. This pissed me off so much. <laughs> We had a full training montage of them training to use ether gear while they were bound up. And it took him like 10 minutes to remember he could do this. <laughs> like we came up with our own reasons. Like, I guess it's because he's in a virtual world where, where, where killer controls everything. It's not just that he's physically bound. He like changes the rules of what can be done. No, no. She could just has to go like, wait a minute. Yes, I can. Come on. I think it's maybe still like in my head canon, it is that killer was keeping him from being able to use it. And now killer has left. So now she can do whatever he wants. It's not entirely clear, though. It's just very dumb. <laughs> it's a very dumb moment. <laughs> but Cheeky's like, I'm free. I'm coming to help. Not uh, before he has a pratfall immediately yeah, after that. Because, because it's a little Because this, this is a funny moment, it's, see? Yeah, it's a little silly. Uh, Amora has been getting beat down by Brigadine. Uh, 
We get a moment that makes me laugh because he's like, yes, I was defeated to, I was created to defeat Valkyrie. And that means I was given the greatest attack power of the four dark stars. I was fucking murdered by Jack Wire, And I kind of thought I sucked out. <laughs> at least he, at least he didn't ignore that that happened. I do like the acknowledgement. Like, I didn't get my shit pushed in by Jack Wire, if you recall. Um, oh, it really sucked. <laughs> but he's like, I was revived with one mission to eliminate the heir to the name of Valkyrie. That will be proof of my strength. And, you know, he punches her and he's like, stand up. Surely this is not the true extent of your power. Like, ooh, scary. Um, we cut over. The crew of the Eden Zero is fighting Dead End Crow. It's very difficult. Uh, Holy's like, I swear I'll finish him off. We get over to Sister and Hermit, who are like, don't do anything, you're reckless. Your job stacked as a diversion. Eden Zero could fire its main cannon. That'll be it. We cut to the inside of the ship, and Labilia is like, hey, I had to help Rebecca. I'll go kidding. I'll, I'll just take a starfighter and do it. And she's like, huh? Is somebody there? And who should be there but Killer and Clown, who say, shh, do pardon the intrusion. Oh. <gasps> They're going to oh, go no. after Sister and Hermit, I presume, and then have their memory sucked into them, and we'll find out I all guess. of them have sweet feelings towards the Dean Zero signing stars or whatever. I guess. I guess. I don't know. I only really actually had one thought when we came to this scene, was, which was I finally realized, like, wait a minute. Labilia's ponytail thing is, like, separated from her from yeah. her head. So does that mean it's, like, a sci-fi hair extension? Yeah, I think so. That's actually kind of a cool idea. Yeah. It's neat. It's a I've neat seen, design I, choice. I, I think I've seen it in other sci-fi games. You can do similar sort of things. Cool. Yeah. It's, as the kids say, neato. That <laughs> <laughs> would be the one to break you, really. <laughs> it is, as the youth say, excelsior. <laughs> As the kids today say, cool beans, muchacho. <laughs> Just combine horrible. <laughs> All right. It is, as the kids say, radical pimp daddy. <laughs> oh, man, that sounded real gross to say. Although, like, it's like, it's, those are two words that have a real bad mouth sound together. <laughs> Radical pimp daddy. All right, I'm just gonna call. Just gonna call the episode. It actually sounds like a. That sounds actually like a shonen villain, doesn't it? It sounds like a shonen villain or a ska band that you really don't want to listen to. <laughs> and now up next, radical pimp daddy. Oh, you know, now that I say that, a ska cover take on me sounds pretty good. I'm gonna look that up right now so I can listen to it. Sure, the it exists. All right. Ska. Oh, it helped if I could spell ska. All right, let's move on to Akane Banashi, story 15. Oh, that's why, because Real Big Fish did it. Never mind, I'm good. <laughs> story 15, Koguma's Rakugo. I like the cover page. It's nice. Because she's showing Mulder Man that she has fangs, so that he'll send oh, no. for her. <laughs> I, do, I actually do like this picture, because it's, you know, it's like, hey, check out Akane and her stylish, you know, clo clothes and stuff. Yeah, it's just a good um, shot. So I don't know. It's, it's, cool. it's nice. Yeah. It gives, it gives you, it's, you know, nice because it's like, yeah, I can see that this, you know, kid would be like, I'm going to go do Rock Go to get revenge on the old fart who ruined my dad. 
So last time uh, I kind of got her lesson from Koguma, who she then asked to see perform. And as it turns out, when he performs Rakugo, he books completely different. His posture is different. His hair is slicked over. He doesn't wear glasses and stuff. Uh, and so Kokuma starts performing his rocket go in this. And he just says, you know, there's this saying to be a Zenza is to be less than human. And in this day and age, it's a, an anachronistic saying. Uh, but it used to be much more difficult in the past because in the Edo period, there was a Rakugoka named Karaku Sanchote the earliest professional rock, uh, rock And he just starts like giving a history lesson in Rakugo form. And Girka says, Gurika rather says to Akane is like, yeah. So, um, the name Karaku cup comes from the guy that he's talking about. Uh, and Akane says, yeah, yeah, I, I knew about that, but what, what, what story is he going to perform? And Gurga says it's called Foxes of Imado, uh, which basically is about, oh, there's this Zenza apprentice. We're told of an incident that illustrates the different lifestyle and customs that Rakugo had at the time and how hard it was to train in Rakugo. And you'd better listen because he chose this story because of what you said. He's trying to teach you something with this. And uh, as he gets into it, uh, <clears throat> Kuroda Kokuma rather says, yeah, yeah, you know, Zenza didn't receive salary. He didn't know if you were going to be able to eat on any given day. The only money you got was from selling lots and prizes. The prizes were, you know, candy uh, and stuff. And it kind of is like, this is a weird story. And we get this reveal, which is, yeah, usually in Rakugo, you tell a conversation, you tell stories through conversation. You act out different characters who are talking to each other. And that's how the story unfolds with, you know, some narration in between. This one doesn't have any characters it's talking to each other. It is exclusively narration. But instead of it being like, oh, it's really weird, it's, you know, fascinating or it's, you know, funny to have these characters talking to each other. You just tell an interesting history lesson in this one. And we see the uh, cutting to a couple of people in the eyes being like, oh, this is very interesting. And it's education, which shocks Akane because he's like, I didn't know you could even perform Rakugo like this. You could entertain someone like this at all. Um, and Gurika says, yeah, it's, it's hard to memorize all these stories about history and stuff. You would have to do all this research, but that's not unique to this story. Koguma does thorough research on every story he performs. He learns the background of it, the daily customs of the period, the details of the setting. And Akai is like, why, why does he do that? And Gurga just says, yeah, he's, he's a pessimist. So he likes to be thorough. I remember him saying he can't go up there and perform with confidence unless he's covered all the angles first. But... The biggest reason is, and it doesn't seem like he actually says this part entirely out loud, but we see a conversation that he had had with Kokomo where he admits this gives me a deeper understanding of the story. And if I have that, maybe I can deliver a more entertaining performance. And Gurg is like, yeah, this is just his style. And we get this cool, you know, half, I guess we'll call it two thirds page spread of Koguma performing while he's got this background of all of these books that he's learned from. Uh, and 
Yeah. So he finishes up his story and they're like, oh, that was a fascinating choice. And actually the guy who, you know, is running the event says, I've never seen that story performed before. Uh, And Koguma thinks to himself after he's done and he's like mussing his hair back up again. Like, I wonder if Akane understood what I was trying to convey to her. There's a lot of different ways that learning new information can improve your Rakugo, but only if you have the desire to learn those things. So let's see what happens. Mm. We cut to later on where Akane is going to enter the, the Karaku cup and Hey, she's meeting with her teacher again. Yeah. She's not gone. Like she's came, she came back into the story, which is, which is nice. Uh, and she said, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll fill out the paperwork so you can do this. I'll need to understand who's competing and everything. And it kind of says, hey, by the way, do you have any, like, recommendations for books about the Edo period? And Pratija's like, why, why do you ask? And it kind of says, well, I don't know what I'm going to learn or how I'm going to make use of what I learn. But I get the feeling I can't get any further without knowing things. And her teacher's like, I don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> it's, it's okay, Akane. In the context, I do understand what you're saying. And it's a cool little bit of insight that you've gained. Yeah. Um, her teacher then has a little funny moment of her own because she's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I know a lot of different books, but it, I, I don't know what to narrow it down to. There's all these different there's like historical writings. There's Shiguro Yamamoto's novels. I don't know which one to recommend. Uh, so she gets really intense and passionate about it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they agree to go to the library uh, and pick out one there. And then we cut to another scene where uh, Arakawa, not not Arakawa, it's uh, Shigama, I think. Maybe it's hard to tell. Maybe it's just like. He looks kind of like Shigama because he's an older guy who's got a similar hairstyle, but I'm not 100% convinced it's him. Maybe it's just like another journalist, but he's having conversation with Kimihisa Kashio, who is a writer for Monthly Rakugo, which, all right, cool. I, was say, I don't think we know either of these characters. I think both of them are new. I think only Kashio was actually relevant. I think the other guy is just a yeah. person for a, a scene. Right. Well, they are. I guess that they're in an office or something like that. Yeah, so maybe it's just another. They're in their little journalism office. Mm-hmm. So that's where probably they, the case. Where they write their little stories. I want to make it sound yeah. as condescending as possible. Yeah, it does. Where they write their little stories. <laughs> where they talk about what happened. Yeah, they put their little pen on their little paper and they tell their little stories. And it's very cute. Oh, look at that! People are reading what they wrote. Oh, look at that! Aww. Make it a li- look at them make a living doing what they want to li- do. A little living. <laughs> a little living. <laughs> uh, but they talk about how the Karaku Cup has tripled the applicants as it did last year, which um, has partially to do with Arakawa, and there's all this media coverage that's going on as well. Um, and uh, the guy that. Kashio is speaking with refers to it as a madhouse for this production. And he's like, well, what's wrong with a good madhouse? Live large. And he like envisions like a headline of a rising star. The hope of Rakugo takes the stage. Catch a headline, right? And then the guy says, yeah, you're saying that kind of stuff all the time. So, but you know, that's kind of like magazine journalism 
and, and journalism in general, in order to make money, you have to have eye catching headlines. Makes sense. So, um, but he also talks about like, oh, I think that there's actually a big explosion in popularity that could be coming. And in that sense, this year's cup is of great interest to me because Arakawa is involved. Also, Kaisei Arakawa is going to be an MC. So, hey, that guy who was introduced in like chapter three or something like that. Hey, he's going to be making a return appearance. Nice. Uh, and he's like, look, with all those different candidates there, I'm sure that something crazy is going to happen. You can quote me on this. The Karaku Cup this year will be a very special event. And uh, the last thing we see as we close out the chapter is that Akane is getting set for the qualifying round of the cup. And she's shown up in a comfy looking T-shirt, which I appreciate. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. Going to have fun. All, All right. right. Good stuff. Uh, let's move on to Blue Box. Blue Box. Chapter number 54 hydration uh so i just want to talk real briefly about the cover page i first read this chapter like a little bit after waking up and i did not process this right i realize now this is a pile of her clothes that she's mm -hmm. you know trying to decide what to wear the first time i looked at it i thought those were bodies and i was <laughs> like why is hina looking so pensive over the corpses of her fallen enemies and i was like oh never mind i get it now <laughs> She's also doing a little bit of a pouty face That's where she puffs gonna... her cheeks out a little bit. So she does look as though she's eaten them, too. I was going to say, I was like, why does she look like this? She killed all those people. She should be happy. <laughs> Wait really, a minute. I was really tired. <laughs> Last time, Taiki was helping Hina recite in the very important Snow White is asleep and wakes up scene. And uh, Hina got embarrassed because she imagined Taiki kissing her to wake her up. And then she went, do you want to do it for real? To which Taiki goes very, very seriously. No, no I don't. No, ma'am, I do not. <laughs> no. <laughs> like Just the flattest rejection. So he was like, duh, I was obviously joking. I'd be way more freaked out if you'd said yes. It's not like I was secretly hoping it at all. Yeah. But I definitely got your heart going doki doki, right? Ah, this is another attack strategy of the great Hina. She recovers very <laughs> And then runs away. <laughs> I, uh, I got you embarrassed. I'm not flustered at all. Goodbye. <laughs> the great Hina wins again. I must leave now. <laughs> and she literally announces her exit. The great Hina is on her way like she's Superman flying off. <laughs> That sounds about right. That sounds like how Hina would do all of this. This, this uh, she has not been replaced by a scroll. That's the important thing. <laughs> uh, once Hina's gone, Taiki does actually reflect on what's just happened, and it's just like, ah, oh, okay, that was actually a little bit like, um, uh, I can't, I can't, I can't take this. Uh. And he's also like crouching down, and it's like, okay, kid, we get it. You you popped an accidental boner. It's okay. It's fine. Just just. Just get over it. It's fine. I want to, I want to say something, but I can't. Okay. I'll, I'll tell you afterwards, but it involves, yeah. Karen. All right. So, all right. So, badminton practice. Uh, Taiki, very obviously, like, keeping his legs spread out because it hasn't gone down yet. So, it's, but he's okay. It'll get, it's, it's fine. He's, he's definitely not, no one's, no one has noticed yet. It's fine. No one has been like, dude, calm down. Just like, just go off over there. So, 
Uh, Taiki is like, this is like, because he's playing against, uh, is it Hyodai? Is that his name? Um, Hyo. Yusa is the new character. That's not uh, it. The, the, the other one was Hyodo. Hyodo. Right. So, but this is Hyodo. How are you, senpai? That's it. That's yeah, it. Haru is the new character. Is is the guy at the the school? Sorry, ace of of the school. But yes. So anyway, Taiki's like I'm improving clearly because I'm beating other players now, but he's just beating me more, more convincingly than before. So what what is going on? And then he's like, well, maybe I'm spreading myself too thin. Maybe I should just like improve the accuracy of my smashes and cuts. But God, like Yusa was better than I Yusa was better than I am currently now, clearly. Uh, but Haru is just like, hey, Taiki. The shuttlecocks of someone who has no confidence won't beat me. This is the most sports manga that this series has been so far. <laughs> yeah. This is so dramatic. And he just a throwaway little man. Like, he, he doesn't say it all dramatically. He says it dismissively. He's like. Hey, you're not going to beat me if you have no confidence in yourself. But the wording of it is ridiculous. Uh, Taiki makes a like Pokemon comparison instead, which I don't get. But I don't know. Maybe that's where his head's at. So. He's trying to he's trying to figure it out in his own way. You know. So he's and, thinking like, and you know what? I do kind of see a. Uh... Taiki as a fire type and Haru as a water type. In fact, Nick, let's pick their their, their their representative Pokemon. Taiki is kind of young. He's very fiery. Taiki is he's a definitely little, he's a, little horny. Uh, a chimchar. Yeah. He's I a chimchar. Hor- he's clearly a chimchar. Ch- chimchars are quite horny, yes. Um, Haru, a little quiet, a little moody, a little sexy. Um, Le- much like Squirtle. <laughs> 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 all right i won't say what which one i was thinking we'll just keep with yours <laughs> no 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 i know uh i'm forgetting its name now hang on what well, jen mm. nick i'll have you know i'm an expert at squirtle which is the pokemon equivalent of wordle oh okay it is that i for some reason the name made me think it wasn't it i was gonna say he's greninja so. oh greninja sucks all right, fine. I made my strong points on Greninja before. The tongue scarf ruins it. I guess I couldn't imagine Haru having a tongue scarf with all with the way that with the expressions he makes all the time. Hmm. Maybe he is. Let's see. Where are the uh? Where those, uh he could be. <laughs> he could be. <laughs> he could be a print plup. <laughs> yeah, he could be. Big, there's a big penguin. <laughs> yeah, not the strongest penguin, but it's a big penguin. Yeah. Uh. Anyway, Taiki is left to think about this, and he's thinking to himself, like, I'm. It's not that I'm lacking confidence. Like, all right, sure, if you say so. But the, he gets distracted because he sees, uh, he sees Hina, who is being congratulated by her teammates. He sees Chinatsu, who's being congratulated on on doing a good job by her teammates, and he's like, not exactly. I'm just a coward. That's very, very related, though. So, uh, class 2D is making curry samples. Yeah, it's very, it's very important. 
Anyway, Haru talks with Chinatsu about stuff. Uh, and um, so they just talk a little bit before eventually Har- Haru refers to Chinatsu as a trooper because she's always coming in early. She's always really serious during practice. And Chinatsu's like, oh, you know, there's other people besides me who come. You know, like Inamata from the badminton team is there early. And Haru says, yeah, but I wouldn't call Taiki a trooper so much as committed. And Chinatsu says what we're all thinking, which is, what is the difference? <laughs> <laughs> and Haru says, you're a sadist and he's a masochist, which I don't know how that applies to coming to practice early. But no, all right. I, I do actually kind of see where he's coming from. Like... She does it because she's disciplined and does it. He's actively looking for things to kind of be harder in his life. I guess I get it. If you put it that way, I get it. So, But uh, Haru also brings up that Taiki has someone he wants to win against. And since he's made that his goal, he can't stop focusing on his shortcomings. He stops giving himself credit. And there's no reason to keep marching like he's crossing a desert without water. He's so committed to focusing on what he has to work on that he's forgotten to stay hydrated. It's like, yeah, that's an interesting metaphor. I, I get that. Yeah, he's he's forgotten to take care of himself while he's while he's doing this. So good. Um, and he also brings up, like, I know why he feels this way. He feels like he's got to drastically improve. And there are people who would give up even if they had enough water to keep going. But when you don't want to give up, you've got no choice but to keep putting one foot in front of the other. The hardest thing in the world is standing still. And this comment in particular uh, is, uh, is, the big, is the big thing that it's closed on. And uh, it is a point that is made by Chinatsu, which is kind of hard to tell because there's a lot of word bubbles that pop up in this moment. And uh, there are no arrows on like any of them while Chinatsu's talking. So every time I have read this chapter, I've been like, oh, Haru said a thing and Chinatsu reacted to it. It's like, no, Chinatsu said that. And now Haru is reacting to yeah. it. Anyway, uh, Haru's got to go now. And Chinatsu says, hey, if you're this worried about him. Maybe you should give him some hydration. <gasps> it's your duty as an upperclassman. And Haru says, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he goes to uh, see Taiki. And Taiki's got some curry because Class D was serving curry. Remember, that was brought up a few pages ago. And uh, Haru's like, what, you're eating curry? And Taiki's like, yeah, Captain Nishida gave it to me. <laughs> And uh, Haru's like, what, that guy gave it to you? He's a great team captain. <laughs> <laughs> and Haru feels is clearly like a little bit put off by this. Like, I was supposed to do the cool senpai thing. <laughs> I like that he's like, oh, could you get me a water? Like, no, no, it's practice. <laughs> uh, Taiki again is just like, I'm just a coward. Uh, and... When Hina told me she liked me and said I didn't have to give her an answer, I didn't know how to respond. Even with sports, I'm the only one who's not making any progress. Because he's trudging through the desert, but his feet aren't moving through the heavy sand. <gasps> yeah, that's that's what's going on. That's powerful. That's symbolic. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then 
to close out the chapter, as he's just kind of wandering around by himself, uh, Yusa shows up. Yeah. And he's asked to see where the gym is. And that's the end of the chapter. So... because yeah, they're getting ready for their, their practice match. It's supposed yep. to happen. So, I will say, uh, this metaphor that runs through the chapter is very dramatic and over the top. But for a story about teenagers who don't know how to deal with romance, yeah, everything seems overly melodramatic and stuff. So it is appropriate yes. in tone. I liked it. Um, I, I, uh, sorry. I, I like how we are continuing to expand on the idea that uh, Haru is sort of this leader senpai character for uh, Taiki, mm-hmm. uh, even though he seems to ha- greatly hate the role. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to be a senpai. I just want to be good at badminton. Hey, but he also seems to want to be respected the same way. That's why he gets so like fucking pouty when he's like, "Wait, you got fucking? I was gonna get you curry. You got curry from someone else. Fuck it, no water for anybody. It was practice, you know." Like also, little bit goes a long way because we have seen this exact dynamic play out in the next story we're going to talk about, like a dozen different times so many times and it has never been as funny as it was in this one chapter yeah so yeah i i, I thought it was actually uh, a pretty good chapter solid anyway Nick, let's do ron 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 into the office let's do ron 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 to our seats so we can read this series quicker nick do ron 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 should be the new Morbius. <laughs> it's making Dorongaron billions. So if we just keep on memeing it after it gets canceled, it'll get brought back into the magazine and again, no one will read it? Is that yeah. what? <laughs> no, I started laughing in the middle of the podcast because one of the friend groups I mean, just sent like 16 Morbius memes. <laughs> and every time I saw them, it makes me laugh. Uh, so... Um, Dosan casts out a phantom fog thing, and I guess it summons a bunch of Mononoke. Like, Dora specifically says, where did all these Mononoke come from? And Kusanagi says, it's Dosan's special power. Are they real? Are they illusions? It's his special power, Nick. Were they summoned? It's his special power. It's done. That's all the explanation you needed. Um... We get confirmation that Dosan was specifically told to go after Kusanagi and Dora, uh, and he was fed some stuff so that he could be stronger. Okay. Uh, but uh, Dora and Kusanagi cut through some of the Mononoke that were summoned, uh, and they keep on fighting them, and ho, oh, cut through those jobbers to kill them. Uh, and Dosan's like, wait, is that really Kusanagi? He's one of the weakest beings of the spirit world. How could they defeat all those Mononoke that have killed dozens and dozens? Oh, man, Kusanagi and Dora are way stronger together than they would be apart. Who could have seen this coming? Uh, so he's like, so I have to target the human and separate them so that I can just suck away Kusanagi's power. Uh, and uh, they cut through some of them. Uh, Dosan. Uh, snags Dora with his trunk to drain him and goes, I win! Uh, and uh, he's getting drained and Dora goes, Grah! and Kusanagi says, while in Dora's hands, in sword form, Dora, I'm coming! And Dora says, no! Stay in sword form, Kusanagi! Yeah. Okay, but you could have him stay in sword form and like, slice behind you 
cut the trunk. Or, I don't know. So Dora's, Dosan's like, oh my god, how can he still move? Normally it takes an instant to drain a human's life force. He should be paralyzed. And Dora, oh hey, he swings around behind him. Uh, and then uh, Dosan casts out more fog stuff. And he's like, ah, I sucked away some power. Man, that human's life force is like bottomless. I'll be tricky this time. Oh man, he summons an image of Dora as a kid with his mom. And they're having a, a conversation about stuff. And uh, Dora takes a really long time because, like, there's, like, seven lines of dialogue that are exchanged between the illusory Dora and his mom before Dora goes, Mom! <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Kusanagi's like, it's just a mirage! Stay calm! And Dora's like, all right. But it's a mirage of a real memory of mine. What is this? There's a sweet smell and a sense of rising excitement. And, oh, hey, it's uh, the little friend that Kusanagi had uh, that Dosan killed. And uh, Let's Dora's kill like, it again. Yeah, Dora's like, let's kill it. And Kusanagi's this like, monster. Ew, you don't belong in this world. Kusanagi's would be like, no, it's my friend Namezo. And it's a scene from their past where they shared food together. And literally Namezo went, would you be my friend? Because we have to make this as like that on the nose. Uh, and uh, they're getting increasingly woozy as they experience memories of their loved ones who are gone now. Uh, and then eventually we get basically a Let's play together forever and ever. Like, it is so that scene from The Shining, except instead of twins, it's Dora's mom and and this Namezo character. And they start approaching while Dosan's like, Yes! Take their hand and fall! And then Kusanagi and Dora go, bah! And blow away the, the mirage. And Dosan's like, Wah! And I'll have to kill them! Like, I don't know why he didn't summon something to attack them from behind while they were distracted, but he didn't. And well, Nick, he doesn't have that power to just summon creatures. That'd be ridiculous if he just had that power to summon creatures. Yeah, imagine it's... if he had the power to summon a giant Mononoke that could step on them while they were distracted. That'd be crazy. He doesn't have that power unless doesn't you have... flip back to the first page. All right. Uh... And uh, Kusanagi and Dora are both like, when we're together, we can resist it. And they're like, I'm glad you're here, Dora. I'm glad you're here, Kusanagi. <sighs> it summons a mist and summons a giant mononoke. Okay. okay, end of chapter. Nick, have you ever read something? <sighs> and as you're reading it, you realize the finite seconds of your life are taking away ever slowly. <laughs> And you start to question what it is you've done with this beautiful life that you've been given. <laughs> anyway, that's my review of Duran Duran Munran. Uh, it's so nothing. Like, just please let me just read better manga. <laughs> All right. Let's, uh, let's, before we get to it, let's play. America and the rest of the world, I guess. <laughs> Favorite game. Podcasters postulate poetically phrased professional pretenders. Thank you, Ninja, for posting the chat.
Thank you. All right. Uh, I'm going to clarify before I give you this puzzle, Quinn, that this comes from a very, very specific period in this uh, person's uh, long career. Okay. Uh, Like, think to, like, a very specific one or two years uh, for this. All right. Promoter of preposterous programming pivots. Propones for pact. For pact? Pact. Hmm. Is this WWE? Yes. Okay. Promoter in WWE. I'll I'll say this. Yes. And. Oh. Yeah. It's not. Jerry the King Lawler, you would have done something meaner for him. Oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> there like, is a very perver- there is a very apt P word to be used there. You're like pervert, fat pervert, <laughs> fat shitty pervert. <laughs> like it just <laughs> <laughs> uh, with, with P's in front of those. <laughs> puh stupid, puh ugly pervert. <laughs> um let me think. Say it again one more time. Promoter of preposterous programming pivots. Propones for pact. Preposterous programming. Would it have been somebody who did like a Ms. TV-like segment? No. Okay. Propones for pact. It's not Shane McMahon. That is much closer than The Miz, but not quite. Okay. For Pact. Oh, oh man. I should try and work out a way to do uh, Raw Underground in this somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Pugilist uh, something something. Right. Uh, uh, is this Is this Paul Heyman? Yes, it is. Yeah, there we go. Very specifically, when he was part of the Alliance. The Alliance. I want to do a podcast where we just talk about the Alliance for an hour and a half. <laughs> How dumb it was. <laughs> We're gonna have ECW and WCW team up with none of their best stars. We need we'll to have, have Rob Van Dam, Booker T. <laughs> oh. The end. <laughs> The Big Show, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Kurt Angle. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> Sean Stasiak. I could stretch and see like the and see Big Show and Steve Austin, but Kurt Angle. I mean, I guess he was at an ECW show. <laughs> uh, all right, Nick. Let's let's play Fun World in the Future. Uh, WWE buys AEW and wants to repeat the 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 invasion storyline. Who are the funniest wrestlers they can get to be Team AEW in the invasion? Uh, Cody Rhodes. Um, that's a big. That's a big star. Randy Orton, because of the time that he threatened to go to <laughs> AEW to get a fatter contract. Okay, that sounds about right. Um. Uh, who are some people that? God, there there are a few people that are like, what if they were all elite though? I think, but I don't know. I, I want to, because uh, like in my mind, I was just thinking like the like Marco stunt, <laughs> like obviously. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so like if AEW got bought out and all their top stars decided no. Yeah, basically. Okay. But like, because I know Marcus Dutt's been released, but like, I was like, who would be the really funny ones for them to try to hang up? They're like, the biggest stars of all elite wrestling are here. Your favorites, like. Uh, like Colton. Colton Gunn, yeah, but not yeah. but not Austin Gunn. <laughs> the ass boys had, 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 had a fight. Uh, all right. All right, let's get to beep, 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 But speaking of wrestling, beep, 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 chapter 34, four on four. I forgot. The Survivor Series. I forgot that this was the premise of it, and it's very funny to me when they explain it. Like, yeah. how, how we get to this point don't know how this i i'm sure this must have happened but it boggles my mind that this is going to be a thing so um we get so last time uh sora chica got a call from fanta and decided to put uh lucky on the phone but they decide to go outside first before that happens i don't really know why but they do and Lucky answers the phone, and F- and Fanta literally is like, "Finally, why did you make me that wait that long?" Um, and uh, Lucky says, "Like, yeah, Sorchika said we needed to leave the Ryokan before answering the call." And Fanta's like, "Wait, who am I talking to?" And Lucky says, "It's Lucky, you know, your brother. <laughs> we came from the same zygote." <laughs> Um, and he kind of awkwardly says, yeah, it's been a while while Fanta says nothing, but then Fanta has a very, very obvious Cheshire grin on his face. And he responds, yeah, it has been a while. How you been? And, uh, like he says, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay. Sounds like you're doing okay. Um, and Fanta says, you guys are all together right now. Right. And like he says, yeah. Oh, good timing. Uh, cause I'm going to be going to Japan for work. You ever hear of uh, Animato University? Every March, they put on this huge festival the day before graduation. It's an interesting university. All right. Um, uh, and Lucky starts to say that he's never heard of it. And Fonda's me like, oh, really? Yeah, their music department's in its 44th year. They renovated recently. Uh, and they want to make this year's festival extra special. So there's going to be a four-on-four piano battle. <laughs> it's... It's very amusing. Like, it's almost as though the, the manga like turned to the reader or the characters, uh, like the readers. It was just like, this is a battle manga. Like, this is a shonen battle manga. We gotta have a showdown. <laughs> so we this have, is what we're gonna do. We specifically gotta have now that Lucky has turned a few of his siblings over to his side. A team competition. Team competition. <laughs> and. Fanta says, yeah, they're inviting eight young famous pianists to take part in a four-on-four battle. We should do it. Um, And he says, actually, like, not should. It, it's going to happen. It's happen. <laughs> it is happening. <laughs> I've already picked my team. Uh, he says, Team F, consisting of myself and three hand-picked pianists, will go up against Team A, made up of you and three people of your choosing. And while he's giving this explanation, we specifically get a cut to uh, Maloli and the long-haired guy. We all, uh, all know who you're talking about. We don't have to go into his name, but I think it's Kyo. 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 Lucky goes, huh? 
And uh, Fonta says, yeah, yeah, there's uh, there's been a lot of buzz about you recently. And I've always been famous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always a big deal. Uh, and he says, like, yeah, it's called a, a battle, but it's really more about working together for the sake of a fun event. He is clearly lying. Yeah. He is clearly going to treat this as a battle. <laughs> um, but he says that they're going to be the opening act for the university's orchestra. But it sounds fun, right? So uh, Lucky says, uh, hold on, hang on. Uh, and Fonda says, yeah, I'll send the details to Sora Chica. Take a look at it. Bye. <laughs> Just hangs up. <laughs> Before no, he, he doesn't hang up. up. Yeah, as I was gonna say before he, he doesn't hang up. up. Lucky does manage to stop him. Uh, he says, "Wait, uh, if you're going to come to Japan, I want you to pay Mom a visit." And then Font hangs up, which is like worse than if he had hung up before. Lucky could ask that of him. But uh, um, Lucky turns to Sorochika and he's like, "Hey, does Fanta know how Mom's doing?" And Sorochika says, Rachel has talked to him. And how did Fanta react? And apparently the only reaction was, hmm, hope she gets better. <sighs> Damn. Which also has like this like silhouette effect on the word bubbles, which part of me makes me go like, did he, does that cover up what he actually said? But nah, the dismissiveness of that and just like the neutral tone, I think covers everything. It's his mom. Like, come on, dude. So... Uh, Rachel is apparently still trying to get Fonda to go out to see her. Uh, Lucky says when we were kids, he was egotistical and a narcissist. And we see this in action as like he's, you know, on one of their assistants backs going like, I'm awesome. Don't mess with me. That's not an assistant. It's one of his siblings. <laughs> is it? That's Don. <laughs> oh, OK. Right. Don looks that. I, looks I just like the. Yeah, because Don was a fucking like as a six year old wearing a full tuxedo suit, basically. Right. Uh, but it's so much harsher. He did it to his own siblings. Yeah. And then for an, and he's a narcissist. He's just posing in the mirror with Lucky going, look, I'm cooler than you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Sorochika said, but Lucky goes on to say, but you know, when mom was sick and sleeping, he was always the most worried of all of us. Uh, and actually says like, I wonder if he's changed and if he has, and it's my fault, which is very sad. Like, you know, blaming himself for something that, you know, honestly is not his fault. But Sorochika says, eh, I'm not really sure about that. We don't really get any follow up on that because uh, the three siblings have arrived in the hospital and Mimin burst through the door going, Mama! <laughs> yeah. And she immediately goes to see her and she's very not happy to see them. She's just got this very quiet smile on her face as she greets them all. Uh, they ask how she's doing and she says, oh, I'm fine, but all of you, oh, wow, you've, you've really done it. Are you okay? And she just looks between them. And lucky, first scandal. Sorochika, second scandal. Min Min, run away. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that scene. And Min Min's just smiling and she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, she's got a big smile everywhere she goes. She's happy. Yeah. Um, but they reassure, like, yeah, yeah, we're we're all right. Although Lucky doesn't say anything, he just looks guilty. Uh, but she, her, their mom says, "Well, if you're okay, then." And then she fades off, and she suddenly collapses on her bed while they 
you know, yell out and, and worry over her. And of course, we've known this whole time that she supposedly has like she had like a year and a half at best, according to Dr. Zestimus, to live. Mm-hmm. So it's a very real danger in their mind uh, that uh, this could be bad for her. So, yeah. Uh, so, like, this chapter hits pretty hard. Like, it's weird because most of this chapter is just like, we're going to do a dumb shonen fucking piano <laughs> battle. Like, guess what, guys? This is Food Wars now, but with a piano. <laughs> a four-on-four piano battle, which, A, I've never heard of, and B, of all the instruments in the world to have four playing like, like, can you I just imagine that not four gonna... pianos playing at the same time? Like, that can't be it. It's got to be like individual I or in a row. Or I, I assume it's individual. Like, you can't even have them playing at the same time. Like, it can't be head to head. They just have to be like, maybe it's like one on one matchups and you play and then they play or something like that. Or maybe it's judged as a whole. I have no idea. But it's sa- you know what they're probably going to do. It's probably going to be some stupid shit. Like after they play, people pour sand into a fucking bottle <laughs> based on how much they like. It. And they're like, who's ever bottle has more sand wins. I think that's how Harry Potter does the stupid fucking house cups or whatever. Like it's going to be some dumb bullshit like that. But uh, You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I never am. I'm never wrong. Uh but then, yeah, they get to the hospital, and suddenly that scene hits ridiculously hard. It's 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 nice. It reminds you because she's fine. I, I assume she's not going to die next week or whatever. Um, but it does remind you that there is this very tight emotional core to the story, mm-hmm. and it's nice seeing like her children who are slowly coming around, seeing her again. It's nice, and I, you know, as a mom, she also worries about them. I like it. She's like, "Are you guys okay?" Because you're in a scandal. You're in a scandal. You ran away from home. <laughs> yeah, it's a very tight and effective chapter. Like you just kind of you hit these establishing beats, a lot of character moments in between them. And uh, it does seem as though it's appropriate story wise for their mother to have a setback at this point when they have had that focus drawn in on Fanta apparently has the most was the most worried about her condition previously. So that seems like it'll be instrumental in the uh, conflict with him. Yes. All right. Let's move on to Mashal, Magic and Muscles, Chapter 109, Rio Grants and the Evil Giant. And our color cover page is This Rio is amazing. Grants, the cover of a magazine. <laughs> By the way, the magazine I can only presume is called Hot Guy Festival because I can't find a title for the magazine anywhere else unless the magazine mm-hmm. is titled Mashal, Magic and Muscles. <laughs> um so that made me laugh but there's a lot of funny little funny oh yeah if you you check out the uh my my favorite is absolutely dot barrett's dream imaginary date uh so we cut back into the the story the giants and the evil army has shown up uh they're destroying the town a little girl's gonna be attacked, but hey, the magic police have shown up, and we can tell this is a fantasy story because the police run towards danger instead of standing outside of it for a long period of time. Um, but just like the real police, they're very ineffective and get punched once and they're done. So the giants are there, and they're like, we shall kill everybody, and then once we do it, we will take down Innocent Zero. Uh, and we cut over to a guy whose name I have forgotten, but it's the dude from the, the scorpion fight, basically, that was a bully that beat up Dot. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, hey, everyone, you remember me, right? Pierced eyebrow, nope. dude, uh, lacked magic, mushroom head, beat me up. 
I went into town thinking I was going to rob kids of their lunch money. So he didn't completely turn. <laughs> but then this happened. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> casually, I was just going to go to town to rob some kids of their lunch money. He's like 15. <laughs> what do you need with $2? <laughs> like, um, And he's just like, Oh, God, they just beat the police. They did everything. I'm going to die. I'm just going to run away fast. And then he sees a little kid who's crying. He's like, oh, God, do I leave that kid to die? Yeah, I suck. Of course I'm going to leave that kid to die. And then the kid's like, help me, mister. He's like, God damn it, you came here. And the giant's like, oh, there's a human here. He's like, oh, fuck, you brought him here now, too. Uh, And he just says, I'm dead. The bully gets his just desserts. What can you do? That's karma. And this is all happening as the giant's fist is coming towards him. And like his cheeks are flapping based off just like the sheer wind that's his great. And he thinks to Mash. And he's like, but wait, he bullied me too. And Mash just says to him in his dream, hang tough. And he's like, Fuck, shut up, loser. <laughs> so he grabs the little kid, jumps away, saves the little boy. And then his arm gets cut straight off uh, the giant. And he's just like, what? And we cut up to Rio Grant standing on the roof who says, when someone is in trouble and they cry out for help, there is one man who will always arrive in their hour of need. That man is me. And suddenly, Nick, now we know why Rio Grant's was, was ranked the third most popular. Or no, that was Caldo Gehenna. Or no. No, it was Caldo. Never mind. <laughs> I thought this is the guy who ranked really high in the popularity poll, but it's not. I mean, you know that if the popularity poll were held around this time, that he would be much higher up on that list, though. Uh, He says, mankind knows me as Rio Grants, but the whole world over, I'm universally recognized as the greatest creation in all of humankind. (laughs) And freaking angel cherubs are floating around him. Uh, and everyone's like, yeah, you rule, go, <laughs> Rio, Rio, Rio. And I just like, I don't know who it is. Someone just says, where did all these cheering people come from? Like, there's people like in cheerleader outfits and people are like, have like fucking like the little things you whack together to make noise. And there's banners. You're like, isn't this town being devastated by giants right now? Aren't you all in like some fucking attack on Titan hellscape at the moment? <laughs> Uh, the giant's just like, it matters not, divine visionary. You think you can best us with our numbers while protecting these people? And Rio just says, stars are always getting swarmed. And he drops a bunch of sunglasses on the ground. And the giant's like, sunglasses? He says, you'll need them because I shine so bright that I'm blinding. And I was like, I fucking love this Johnny Cage motherfucker. <laughs> obnoxious arrogance. Uh, so, of course, they go to try to beat him up. Rio dodges. Slash, slash, slash. Literally cuts them into pieces. Like, true, like, again, Attack on Titan. Just, like, they're shredded. They're just chunks at this point. Bloody chunks falling from the sky. And uh, he just says... You couldn't have asked for a better day or a better end than to be killed by yours truly, which is kind of dope. Uh, but we cut to Innocent Zero, who seems to be grinning at all of this. I think he has more tricks up his sleeve, Nick. Mm-hmm. And then finally, 
We end the chapter. We cut over to Melia Duel, who has some big gear thing, like a measuring gauge next to Mash, who has a giant winding gear like thing into him. And she's turning and she says, this is the wind up key of life. I have, okay. to, <laughs> I have to turn it for 24 hours and it'll, that'll take to heal Mash. An imperative that he heal recover by the eclipse. And then it ends on the best joke. Or everyone will look at me like I killed him. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, this is... This that is so it, fucking funny. It's so nice to have Mashal be back to this kind of stuff. Like, oh yeah, outrageous action, but also phenomenally stupid, silly humor. Like, just it's... all the things that Rio Grants does in his in this like taking the stage a moment where he's supposed to look like a badass, but he's just like, this guy's so arrogant and silly. It's great. The line of him dropping off sunglasses. Because <laughs> I shine so brightly that I'm blind. Giants, by the way, who could not wear them if they <laughs> wanted to. <laughs> it's just such a weird sight guy. He's like, why are you taking out sunglasses? Because my brightness will, <laughs> will blind you. <laughs> And it's like, I don't know why I find it so funny that the bully dude was just like, I was here in town just trying to rob children. (laughs) I just got done kicking that puppy over there. Yeah, I came to town to burn down some orphanages. (laughs) But Mash saved me once, so I'm going to say I just came into town to sell some NFTs. (laughs) I thought I'd find some recycling cans and knock them over. (laughs) All right, let's uh, let's wrap these up. Two chapters left. Yes. The Elusive Samurai, chapter 64, back 1335. Color page of uh, Tokiyuki and Kojiro in the rain. Uh, And we see Kojiro and Ayako in their armor doing some fighting, fighting some goons. Her legs look less horrifying this time. Thank you. Someone might have tried to draw them this time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And we get, uh, you know, some of their, uh, you know, troops just like observing them being like, oh, man, we don't really know where this like Chojimaru guy came from. But holy shit, that dangerous plan he enacted. And every and these two kids who are incredibly skilled at fighting, yeah, this is great. We're, we we can't let a kid like that die while we're here picking our noses. It would disgrace the Kamakura warriors. Good, they won't pick their noses because they're so bored of their weird leader. Good, mission accomplished. Uh, but Kodra was pushed back because two different troops are attacking him at the same time, and he can only defend himself. Fortunately. Uh, the Kamakura warriors intercede and uh, help them out. And uh, they show that, like, hey, they're skilled as well. We cut over to Tokiyuki, who is, of course, fighting uh, with... Uh, oh, Sa- I'm confused now because he's got, like, four names now. <laughs> uh, Shogun or Shokan. Shog- Shok- Let's just call him Shogun. So, uh... He is insulted. It bothers me because aren't the Shokans the formed race in Mortal Kombat? Maybe. I don't know. I think so. Hold on. Mortal Kombat. Uh, do I have to stop, stop reading the chapter? Car- while carry on. This? I'm just going okay. I'm gonna, to I'm gonna start reading Shokan lore <laughs> out to you, though, at various points. So he is insulted by the fact that Tokyuki has turned his back on him. And he's like, what? You think that turning away from me is going to make me lower my guard? And Tokyuki just says, hey. Don't judge me until after you've killed me. 
So Tokon's like, all right. He tries to attack him while his back is turned. But Tokyuki dodges out of the way. And Tokon's like, how the hell did he do that? He attacks him again and he dodges again. And he's like, how is he? I know he's really good at fleeing, but how is he seeing my attacks coming? There must be some way he can dodge with his back turned. Shokan usually have four arms whose hands only have three digits each with black fingernails. Uh, However, Shokan from the Tigrar class, most notably Kendaru, also boasts tiger-like stripes, fur, whiskers, and other feline features. All right. (laughs) Because they weren't ridiculous enough, I guess. (laughs) There's cat, Shokan. There's cat Goros, Nick. Come on. Gotcha. (laughs) So... Shokan's like, there's got to be some trick that can let him see behind me like this. And he just looks beyond him and is like, oh, his partner is just signaling to him with gestures. And he's just reacting to those movements. Uh, and so as he's this is happening, he's like, I get it. So the other boy is signaling to him. It's a good tactic because, you know, they're, they're trying to unsettle me. And but on the other hand, I can easily counteract this. I just need to strike in the opposite direction of his signal. This is over, Chojumaru Dono. But you were a worthy warrior. And so he dual wields, and there's a really cool shot of him twisting his swords around so that he'll strike in one area, and then Fubuki will direct him into the other strike. Despite Um, his fate being unknown in Mortal Kombat 2011, Kentaro is so far the only character killed off in the comics. This death has been ruled uh, as canon. Uh, and because of this, he is one of the few characters to be dead in both the original and current timelines of Mortal Kombat universe. All right. So there's no love for Cat Goro. We get we get uh, some some uh, a little flashback of Fubuki explaining the the this tactic, and he says, "Yeah, this is actually setting up for the two fanged bear blade." Because when Shokan notices my signal he'll pay attention to me instead of you. And that's when we strike. And so when Shokan starts doing this, Fubuki suddenly lunges in towards Tokiyuki. And we get an emphasis here of like, you've got to keep your back turned on Shokan, which will increase the danger to yourself and entrust your life to your retainer. But Tokiyuki at, this, at that moment was just like, yeah, I trust you. And he's like, I, I trust, you know, Fubuki, Kojiro, Ayako, I can use this technique with any of my dependable retainers. And I love that detail. Of, like he doesn't say Genba's name there. And Genba's just like there in the background. And he's like, huh? This is like, wait a minute. <laughs> Why don't you name me? <laughs> but, uh, you know, Fubuki's like, hey, this is another you know aspect of Tokyuki that makes him such a great lord. Because, you know, I look putting his faith in this tactic it cannot fail for someone so kind and so trusting and we get this moment where fubuki lunges in and doesn't just faint he follows through and stabs toward tokyuki's head and he analyzes like yeah when he did that goofy drunken hip attack before that's where i got this idea from it when he attacks someone while jumping backwards that's when he's at his strongest so if I leap as if he's going, I'm going to kill him, he'll flee from my blade. In other words, I am the hilt that will aim the blow. He is the blade that strikes. Two swordsmen, one sword, two fanged bear blade. And Tokyuki lunges backward and stabs behind himself and goes right through Shokan's fucking neck. 
And Shokan, as he's falling and blood's going everywhere. This was meant specifically to kill me. He has grown just to defeat me. The boy who saved my soul has grown and bested me. How divine. At the end of my sinful life, I raised a warrior, fought like a warrior, died like a warrior. As for regrets, I don't have a single... He remembers the little girl that he had the meeting with before who asked him to come back alive. And he just thinks to himself as he falls, it seems I don't want to die after all. And he falls in a whole ton of his own blood. So he seems dead. Um... (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he'll come back. He came back before. <laughs> Lost a lot of blood then. <laughs> the names of the two Shokan racial variations, Draco right. and Tiger, are allusions respectively to dragon and tiger, two earth realm animals portrayed in real life Eastern myths and folklores to constantly be battling each other, universally regarding martial arts themed motifs. So we've all, all right. learned a lot today. Yeah, Mostly right. about Mortal Kombat and the Shokan. I definitely didn't know about the Tiger Shokan, so I'll yeah. give you that. So You didn't play Mortal Kombat 2? No, I never played uh, much of any Mortal Kombat. I've never owned any of the games. So. Oh, that, oh, I gotta get you set up with a Mortal Kombat as explained by manga episode now. There's certainly enough lore for it. <laughs> There's so. too much. I'm gonna, There's, I'm gonna how, many, how many color palette swapped ninjas are there? Like... A dozen? Because <laughs> there's I think, Scorpion. I think there's, there's two none. Sub-Zeros. Well, not even including sub like multiple Sub-Zeros and female ninjas. That's an entirely different area. There's Scorpion. There's Sub-Zero, Reptile, Ermac, Rain, Tre- Smoke, Smoke, Tremor, uh, Chameleon. And I think there's another one I'm missing. Tremor is where you lost me there. No, like really- boot. I think there's another one. Tremor showed up in, I think, like, one fucking thing. (laughs) He's the brown ninja who fucking has, like, earth powers, and he shows up in nothing. There's, like, another one I think I'm missing, too. But there's a lot. There's a lot. And then there's cyborgs, and then there's... Right, because there's cyborg ninjas, and some of the the color palette swap ninjas have become cyborg ninjas, I believe. Yes, and then they also all combined in one game to become Triborg, (laughs) who covered just all of them. And then, okay. and then there's Cyber Sub-Zero. Who All right, we're wasting gold here. You got, we're wasting gold. <laughs> All right. Stay keep, your, keep an eye out for Mortal Kombat is explained by manga. Oh, man, I'm going to have fun with that episode. It's a shame that there is no C in the word manga because then we could replace it with a K. So. Recap. Right. <laughs> that was the best reaction. All right. Uh, uh, great comment. One Piece. After Return of <laughs> Kaido's dead. Right. One Piece. Chapter 1050. Honor! Um, yeah, Kaido and Big Mom apparently burned him in a volcano and caused an eruption of the island. Okay. <laughs> That's what we're saying happened, at least. Uh, Luffy falls through the air. Yamato catches him because Yamato's a cool new friend. Uh, and uh, also they uh, praise uh, Luffy saying, man, this is incredible. You're incredible. Uh, 
And uh, then we just kind of cut down to the festival. People still don't realize, oh, Kaido's been defeated yet. Uh, we get this uh, com- this flashback from the Tengu's perspective of a conversation he had with Otoko, uh, who was like, oh, I heard that my daddy used to be really important. He knew he would be caught, killed if they caught him. But he went ahead and let them arrest him anyway. So that's what somebody told me. I, I wonder why, though. Uh, but she's like, you know, Yusuke gave this country a fighting chance. And the Tengu says, if he hadn't done what he did, when he did it, all the lights of hope we built up would have gone out. He gave his life to protect the future of Wano. Um, and we get this just brief little moment of, of Yasuye, you know, realizing that Otoko has eaten the smile fruit and then deciding to eat the smile fruit, too, so that they would, you know, share that fate together. Aww. Um, and Otoko realizes, like, wait, so he did that for me then because the tenku says he did this to preserve the future so you could grow up happy so otoko looks at the lantern that she's made up and she's like well then i'll change my message how's this look and tenku when he sees it he gets all teary-eyed and he smiles and he thinks to himself to a warrior there is no greater honor and so otoko had the message on her lantern i want to see daddy and she's crossed out part of it and instead is written in daddy. Thank you. Oh, my heart. <laughs> I wish uh, I had another show con fact. Interrupt <laughs> <laughs> no, I have to feel things now. <laughs> uh, the lanterns are flowing up in the sky. Uh, Cat Viper is observing this and he's like, oh, I haven't seen that in years. Uh, and then he's like, oh, right. Stuff is happening right now. So he shouts down into the skull dome and says, I can confirm it. Luffy smashed Kaido all the way deep into the earth. Ooh. Uh, and also he says that Lord Momonosuke turned into a giant dragon and stopped the island from falling. And it was like, wait, the pink dragon is Momonosuke. And yeah, Cat Viper says after 20 long years of waiting for the chance to avenge Odin's death. We are victorious. The battle of Onigashima is over. Asterisk. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. Most likely. But just hold on. Uh, And they're like, also like, yeah. And on the way, we took down two emperors of the city. Holy shit. Like, I can't believe we survived this battle, let alone one. And freaking. Yeah. uh, uh, God, what's his name? The Scratchman Apu. Yeah. He's like, wait, Straw Hat beat Kaido? What the hell? This isn't right. I wish they had uh, cut over to Hawkins, who's just like, because <laughs> they cut over to a lot of supernovas, and I just wanted to be like, <laughs> coughing to blood. Um, but of course, while there is a lot of celebrating going on, there are, of course, also people in critical condition. Frankie is trying to rush Zoro over to Chopper. Usopp is trying to get uh, 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 Toki and Kinemon right over uh Not and then important it's Kinemon and uh Okiku Okiku Toki Toki was Odin's wife there's too many characters in one piece so a couple of them are dead <laughs> uh we cut outside where uh Momonosuke is and he calls out to Zunesha and says I've thought long and hard I will not open the borders yet. And it's like, all right, fair enough. Wano's got to recover from a 20 year 
Come on in, oh. everybody. It's just yeah. a town on fire. Yeah. Maybe they're super vulnerable right now, so maybe need a little bit of time to be in a better state to actually open the borders. Fair enough. Uh, and Zunatia says, I will respect your decision and trust in your judgment. Uh, and then the ground starts shaking because a volcano erupts because, um, the bodies of the, of the, of the freaking lords of the sea, warlords of the sea caused the volcano to erupt, which happens. Um, some of Kaido's men refuse to stand down because they're like, Kaido didn't lose. Fuck that. <laughs> like, there's no way he lost. Uh, and Frankie gets set to keep fighting, but Yamato steps forward and demands that they all stand down. And sit, and Yamato says, "You have already died once in this fight," which is like, yeah. I mean, I guess with all the shit that happened to everyone, basically everyone is technically should have died multiple times with the virus and the, the fire and everything. Yeah, he's got a point. Um. So, and also he points out like, hey, if it weren't for our leader, the friggin' island would have collapsed. You owe us your lives, basically. And if you keep on fighting from here, I will destroy you all. And yeah, Yamato could kick any of their asses. So it seems like that that seems to work. Uh, the volcano erupts. Uh, and um, then Momonosuke comes flying down through the sky. And I was like, wait a minute, Kaido, you're not dead. Oh, wait, you're pink. You're, you're not Kaido. Uh, Momonosuke proclaims, I am not Kaido. The eruption was the final drumbeat signaling the end of Kaido, supreme commander of the Animal Kingdom Pirates. That's what you think. We'll see. Um, and uh, then figures emerge from the, through the smoke and dust brought on by Momonosuke's appearance as uh, the healthy Crimson uh, Akazaya 9 come through, uh, as does Kumurasaki. And they're like, holy shit, is this a vision? What's going on? Uh, and uh, then Dendro is there with them. And they're like, what happened to your hair? And Dendro says, it's going to be a long, long story. We've brought the new Shogun of Wano. And that is where we leave off. Who's going to be the Shogun? Probably Momonosuke? <laughs> Probably. Uh, look, it would not blow my mind if they're like, it should be Hiori. For all intents and purposes. But it is notable that the first major decision in Wano's new government was made by Momonosuke already. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. we shall see. But, hey, if uh, Momonosuke is making that decision, then maybe other people won't have to stick around. And maybe, Nick, we'll see. Are you saying Hiori for Straw Hat? That'd be an interesting choice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it, would it would be a curveball. Yeah, so it's like, they're like, "What? Well, what can you do in combat?" I play the shamisen. <laughs> I can stab you with the sea stone nail. I mean, I'm out for one in that being actually yeah. like, like <laughs> effective, but it is my thing. And they kicked out it too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a great way to describe it. <laughs> Fucking Orochi and his bullshit false finishes. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh Let's wrap it's this like, up. It's like trying to pin Adam Cole. All right. So. <laughs> that is it for weekly manga recap, guys. Uh, what's the best chapter of the week? Who's the MVP? There's Gwen, hit me. a lot of really good ones this week. I uh, it, This right. one's like really tough to pick, 
to be honest, but is yours because it's already written in Ninja already wrote yours in as My Hero Academia and Jiro? Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'll wrap Look, this honorable, up. Honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, I will give to, oh gosh, what is the freaking name of the character? Uh, I, I will give an honorable mention to uh, uh, Rio Grant, though, okay. because that is an incredible scene he had. Gotcha. Uh, I will follow up your uh, Homer fanboyism with my own. My favorite series this week, because it made me laugh so hard recapping it, was Mashal. And then my character of the week is Rio Grants for the same reason. Like the dude nice. was so over the top. Like it always makes me happy to see Mash can evolve beyond just Mash as the source of humor and see. Like I was like, God, why have we not gotten more ridiculous scenes with Rio Grants's like crazy pompous attitude? Like it was, it was really good. Um, but there were a lot of really good ones this week. Kanabanashi was great. Loose of Samurai, Kaiju Number Eight. Uh, basically, like undead unlock. Basically, everything except Duran. Duran was really good this week. I thought actually, pretty much. Um, God, if I had to pick, oh, Spy Family, I guess was just oh, yeah, it that, was just there. But yeah. that's about, yeah. but like so the audience picked Elusive Samurai as the chapter of the week, and then Iharu we'll from Kaiju Number Eight, one character of the week. It was good to stand up for him too. Yeah, yeah. like you. I don't think you can go wrong on like. 80% of the chapters this week yeah. or characters for those chapters. So yeah, good stuff. Great week of manga guys. We will be back with another week of manga next week on weekly manga recap week. So weekly manga is going to do it Cap with a K. Yeah. We're mortal combat podcast now. And uh, also the K in weekly. Wait, wait, mm. Mm. Uh. We can't, we can't futz with it too much. <laughs> I guess not. We can't be too greedy. That is going to do it for the show, guys. Thank you for joining us for the recording here on twitch.tv slash Rolo T. You can join us normally on Wednesdays at around 7.38 Eastern time. We did have, of course, change things up this week due to outside problems. And to stay updated on when the show does get recorded, follow us on social media and join us on the WMR Discord channel. You can see our handles on the video version here. But for those of you who listen to the audio version, it is Rolo T, Nick F Time, and WMR podcast uh if you join the said discord server you can talk about the chapters that come out uh in the series that we, that we recap each week you can make recommendations for future series for us to to cover on the show and talk about the recommendation that we're currently working on and see how everyone's you know feeling about it as they're reading through it in preparation for the discussion episode and uh, also, you can find all that stuff on the s- spreadsheet maintained by Ninja X3i that keeps track of the MVP and favorite series voting and all sorts of other historical information associated with the podcast. We would like to extend our special thanks to Milo Jack Stillitz and Winsley L. Cheddar for creating the opening sequence on the video version of Weekly Manga Recap, which you can see on YouTube.com slash Weekly Manga Recap, which also has the occasional thumbnail provided for us by Steve Mann. Uh, whose work you can enjoy wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the internet, including his own Twitter account, twitter.com slash Steve Manart. And uh, you can also, if uh, you know you don't want to queue up a YouTube, if you want to like just put on your own special podcast app, I don't know how those things work. I don't have any of them on my phone uh, because I don't believe in those things. We're on Spotify and iTunes and basically anywhere that podcasts can be put on uh, from weeklymongerecap.podbean.com is our main uh, website where everything is hosted. Yeah. Yeah, and next time, 
we are definitely talking about D. Gray Man. It's happening. Oh boy! Now it's almost like it'd be a funny joke if we just didn't talk about it. Just never talk <laughs> just about never it. Never talk ever. about D. Gray Man. We just keep we just keep waiting until one day. Eventually, it's like the last episode. We're like, all right, we're gonna talk about D. Gray Man, <gasps> and then it cuts. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, don't stop believing. Stop stops playing in the background. Exactly, yeah. ska version of don't stop believing. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. I'm gonna I'm have to about, look that I'm up. About, I'm about to look it up right now. All right, guys, All let's right. do it. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.